Hi, and welcome to the Authors Lighthouse Podcast, helping writers and emerging authors navigate the choppy waters of publishing. I'm your host, Karen Schober, indie author and author consultant. Well, hello, everybody. It's great to be back after this brief hiatus. Life did happen, but that's the beautiful thing. We keep moving forward. So let's just jump jump right into things. Uh, Today's main topic is editing. Early in my writing career, I was overwhelmed with all the terms that were used for the work that is needed to be done after the first draft is complete. I was not the only author to confuse editing with formatting. To make things really simple, editing is getting the words in the right order, while formatting is making them look pretty on the page. One must be done before the other. It makes little sense to start the formatting when the editing isn't finished because the book can change drastically during the editing process. On top of knowing what pillar of publishing you're in, There are different kinds of editing as well. Talk about confusing, but it doesn't have to be. So let's break this down. Self-editing. This is anything you do by yourself. And spell check. (laughs) It should be done before handing it over to whoever is doing your editing. This includes fixing typos, grammar, checking for continuity, and any other changes you feel are needed. This is the idea of making sure that your manuscript is as polished as you can make it so that the editor can get in there and really get to work instead of fixing the little typos that you could fix yourself. To do this, I used both Spellcheck that comes with Word and I bought a copy of Pro Writing Aid. I love Pro Writing Aid. It's the best tool I have yet to buy next to my subscription of MS Office. It does much more than spelling. It helps with punctuation, hello, commas, and hits me on when I overuse the passive voice. It does much more than that too, and it, it, can, it could be easy to get stuck in the self-editing process to make it perfect. Just get it clean and hand it off. Now, when you hand it off to the editor, make sure you know what kind of editing you need and have contracted for. There are five main types of editing outside of self-editing. There's developmental, structural, line, copy, and proofreading. Developmental editing is the one type of editing that can be done during the writing process or after the writing is complete. I like to call this Humpty Dumpty editing. This is where the editor works with the author and can reorder, reorder parts of the book Make sure that the plot arc is in place. Tell the author what is needed to be expanded or cut from the book. It's about developing the book, the story. It's about putting the pieces back together. When you hear about some famous author working with their editor, this is usually the stage they're in, and they send pages over and then work them together. At this stage, there's a lot of back and forth to finish the manuscript. If you aren't ready for a developmental editor, consider using a beta reader before you get too far into the publishing process. The beta reader will read the book and give the author feedback on it. They can find plot holes, make sure the pace is flowing, character development, 
and many other things that we either thought we covered or just missed. Structural editing is editing of the structure of the plot. This is very much like developmental editing, still working on the overall story. But here it's all about the plot and how to strengthen it. The structural editor will tell you what to add or subtract to make sure that the plot is moving forward and that each section of the book plays a role in that goal. A note about using beta readers. Before handing off the manuscript to them, it is a good idea to tell them what your goals are for their reading and feedback. Tell them, telling them will help them have the right focus for what you need them to do. Clear goals will make this process focused and help make your book the best, best version it can be. Line editing. This takes place when the story is good and locked in. The characters are solid, free of plot holes, and the story moves at a good pace. Now it's time to begin the polishing process. Now the editor goes through and looks at the sentences, looks for readability, and makes sure that all the correct tenses are used. This is also the time to weed out the passive voice sections as well. Copy editing is when your editor finds smaller details, like making sure the characters' names are spelled the same way throughout the story. It's looking for consistencies in the details as well. Fact-checking and typos are corrected here, making sure that your information is correct and all your commas are in the right place. Repetitive words are evaluated for variety and it's time to eliminate head-hopping. Head-hopping is when the point of view hops from one character to another in the same scene. While it isn't wrong, it's usually viewed as something most authors would not want to have in their books because it can confuse the reader. Proofreading is the last stage. This is when you make sure all your I's are dotted and T's are crossed. One last look through before heading to formatting. It is recommended that someone else does this last look. Since you've been knee deep in the story since the beginning, the brain does funny things to fill in what you think goes there. Having a fresh set of eyes on it is the best thing for your book. You'd be surprised with what is caught here, even with the previous rounds and rounds of editing. Back to beta readers. I mentioned these people earlier. These can be almost anyone. These can be almost anyone. Some authors have super fans to take on this role. Others use friends or family. The important thing is that whoever you use as a beta reader, make sure to trust them and know that they can help in the editing process. If these are your super fans, don't expect 100% participation. It isn't their priority to edit your book and their life can get in the way. Give them direction and a timeline. Otherwise, you may never get your book back. One of my favorite things about the editing process is overruling the editor's notes. It makes me feel rebellious. You know your book the best and what needs to be there. But the editor made a note and that aspect should be looked at. Regardless of who is working as my editor, it is easy to think that my writing is crap when you see all those notes and corrections. One of the hardest parts is putting aside those doubts and fears and trust that the editor is making suggestions to improve your book. It's not a personal attack. It is a tool to help transform an idea that has been running around in your head to something that people will read.
Yes, it means that you need to toughen your skin. But if you can't take the constructive criticism that happens during the editing process, will you be able to handle negative reviews that get posted online? And those reviews may not even be from people who have read your book, but that's a topic for another day, I'm sure. Hiring a professional. What to look for when hiring an editor. When looking for an editor, be warned. If you're paying for a professional editor, this could be the most expensive part of your entire book project. Most editors charge by the word, and even at five cents a word, a 50,000 word book comes out to $2,500. The more experienced the editor, this could be even more. When I was first researching editors and realized the price, it was total sticker shock. So where do you find quality editors? There's a few sites out there where you can find a good editor pretty easily. The site Readsy has a list of vetted editors and other book professionals, and that's a good place to start. Fiverr also has editors, but here there's no vetting process, so you'll want to read the reviews and see how many reviews they have while combing through the pages of freelancers that are offering editing services. You can also check local writing groups, colleges, and ask writing friends as well. Now, when choosing a beta reader or asking friends and family, go to those who you trust and have the skills to edit. They don't need to be a professional editor necessarily, but they should have, a, have decent writing skills. They also don't need to be a fan of the genre and actually heading down the beta reader path, having one or two readers who are not fans of the genre can be helpful. They can give you feedback that a fan of the genre might miss. I have found this very useful and hearing, I'm not a fan of the genre, but I liked your book. is a great compliment. So what's my process? I've done a little bit of everything over the years. Now I use pro writing aid through the process and go through a solid self editing before anyone gets to see the manuscript. Then I send it to my editor and sometimes a beta reader. Once I get it back, I review the notes and decide what changes I will make and fix the typos that get pointed out. If there are no major rewrites, then do another major pass through ProWriting Aid, and then it's off to formatting. It sounds pretty simple, and really it is, but it can be time consuming as well. Add in a little bit of self-doubt, and it can be a challenge to get through the process, but trust me, it's well worth it. The last thing you want is a reader to point out a mistake online, and they will. So this word of the week is actually four. It's ISBN. It stands for International Standard Book Number. This is a 13-digit number assigned to the book. To get this here in the U.S., you have to go to Bowker, uh, bowker bowker.com, and buy an ISBN number. Now, the interesting thing is this is like a social security number for that version of that book. So if you're doing print and ebook, you're going to need two. Not all online retailers need an ISBN. Amazon could care less, and they'll even give you a free one, but I wouldn't even worry about that. But this number is unique to your book. You will need to give them information about page numbers, author, title. You also send them a copy of the book digitally, and you can buy one for about 
$300. Or you can buy a pack of 10 for, I think it's 500. And they're your numbers. You can use them for your books. You can use it for your audiobooks. If you do a hardcover, they all need separate ISBN numbers because that's the serial number for, like I said, that version of that book. Other countries have different rules. In Canada, they will give them to you for free, but they do have a few requirements there uh, to get the free ISBN. One thing that people get tied up on is who is the publisher? When it comes to ISBN, the publisher is whoever bought the ISBN number from Bowker. So if you go through a self-publishing service or get a free one from Amazon, it's going to say that Amazon or your self-publishing company that you contracted to use is the publisher. It doesn't mean they own the copyright of your book. It's still your book. It's just their number. If you decide to do a massive rewrite, retitle the book, put a new cover on it, uh, or any, or take the book down, that's yours to do, but it, the next version of the book will need a new ISBN number. It's not a big deal, and it has nothing to do with the copyright or ownership of your book. It's just that number for that part, for that book. It's a part number for that book. If you think about when you buy something on Amazon, everything has an ASIN number, which is Amazon's serial number. It needs a number and it's easy to keep all the books straight. When I first published my book, Fire Nice, I thought I had an original title. Now I go and look for Fire Nice on Amazon and there's like 20 books with that title. There's also two Stephen Kings out there who are authors. Having an ISBN number lets the stores know what version of what book they are purchasing. And that's why you need an ISBN number. You can choose to buy your own, but you can also choose to get the free one or the low cost one through your self-publishing company. It is your decision, but it's still your book. So on to news. This isn't really news, but it's something I found a recent discovery on Google. Google fonts. And I am totally geeking out about this. It is a library of fonts put together by Google. And it can help designers, web developers, font junkies like myself, look through and find amazing, beautiful fonts for every piece of media that requires lettering. Uh, I am just starting to explore with this, but <laughs> this is news to me. And my font junkie self has been doing a deep dive into this. Uh, it is really cool. Uh, I love the fact that you can browse and find out more about the fonts, finding um, fonts that help tell the story, but it is a vast knowledge, a database of fonts at our fingertips. And because it's Google, uh, it is free. They have over a thousand free licensed font families that can be used online. How awesome is that? I am so excited about this. 
uh, <laughs> I know it sounds silly, but I do love a good font and finding the ones that make you happy and can really show uh, and create a beautiful piece of art, even if it's just a book. It's not just a book. It's about an experience and the font plays a rather large portion of that. So I am really, really happy to find Google Fonts. Um, so it's just fonts.google.com uh, and it's free. So check it out. And especially if you're a font junkie in the show comments, tell me your favorite font because I'd love to know. I, I love me a good Garamond, but there's many, many, many out there. And uh, Damon, every time I think of papyrus, I think of you. So <laughs> this is this week's news, and I hope you enjoy that. So that's it for this week. I want to thank everyone for sticking around during the brief hiatus that life gives us. We will be back next week with more information, news, and education about being an author and being a writer. I look forward to seeing you all back and don't forget to leave uh, your favorite font in the show notes. I'd really love to find out what you like. Have a good one. If you have a subject that you want to suggest for a future show or want to reach out to me, you can email me at karen at theauthorslighthouse.com. I want to help you on your journey and your input helps me to know what questions you have about writing and publishing. To support the show, please become a patron at patreon.com slash authors lighthouse. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash authors lighthouse. Your support helps make this show possible. As always, you can follow me on Facebook and Instagram at the authors lighthouse and the authors lighthouse podcast. Looking forward to talking with you next week and have a great week. 